Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Podcast lovers, how the fuck are you, friends? Welcome to the show. Once again, I'm talking quietly as I keep waking up at silly fucking o'clock in the morning and the kids are still asleep. It's 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. It is match day and I'm wide awake. So I'm whispering and I do apologise. So let me just tell you something. Lions Lounge Lockdown is sponsored for the entire 2021 season by Match Scaffolding. Match Scaffolding is a company that is owned and operated by a Millwall fan and long-time season ticket holder. So, if you need some scaffolding in your life for your new build, your construction, an existing build, please don't hesitate to check out Match Scaffolding's contact details in the description of this audio podcast offering. Our guest today is one of the class of 88. I had a couple of chats with him on the phone before we even got round to doing the interview. And he's a really funny bloke. He's got some brilliant dressing room stories, including some from that historic day at Hull. This is Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 46. Dave Budgie Byrne. Enjoy. This was what we used to travel in. And I've always kept it. I thought he was going to pull a fucking beauty of a shirt out. Yeah, you have. Still got all your playing shirts? Nah. There you go, look. That's fucking lovely. Look at that. We used to travel in these. Did you? There you go. Still fit. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, I usually give an intro, but we're already underway, mate. Lions Lounge Lockdown, for episode 46. David Budgie Byrne, thanks for joining us, mate. No problem, Dan. Nice to see you. All good, mate. All good. Starting out, uh, we spoke about this on the phone, and I said, "Why did you? Why do they call you Budgie?" And you said, "Not a fucking clue." It was just something that I think the old John Byrne at West Ham, John, you know, who I, I, I never ever got to meet, but I have met the other John Byrne, you know, of uh, QPR and Ireland. In fact, it, it was my 60th birthday on Friday, and he sent me a he sent me a nice uh, message, which was you know because he's living out in Spain now, but. Uh, and I always call him Budgie Number One. <laughs> some said, some said, I put it on social and I said to you on the phone, why'd they call you Budgie? And you went, fucked if I know. But some people said it's because you didn't stop, didn't stop talking. Talking all my fucking legs were so fucking skinny. 
three years. Budgie's legs. <laughs> Budgie's legs. Uh, two years at the club, 1986 to 1988. How did that come about you coming to Millwall? See, that's wrong as well. I thought on my Wikipedia, if you look, I was there for from 84, 85 season to when when I left in 88, 89. So four years at the club, 63 Nearly. games and six goals. Yeah. Is Shit. that right? Well, I thought you were going to say, that's not right, either 25 goals. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I was never a goal scorer. But no, I can remember the goals. Um, not all of them, but some important ones. I scored in when Orny made his debut at Sheffield United. I scored, I scored a goal at uh, Bramall Lane that day. Um, I scored against Reading. I, sc- I think I scored on my debut. You did. Well, this is the thing. I went back through the, the Wikipedia today and the Mill history stats, and I looked, and it said you scored on your debut, which was a 1-0 win away at Reading. Yeah. Which was the 86-87 right. season. <laughs> was it? Fucking who, uh, si- who signed they're... you as the manager? Who signed you as the manager? John Dock. Yeah, so it would have been the 86, 87, because Graham left in the um, summer of 86 and then the Dock took over. So, um, right. Yeah, scored on your debut, mate. What was it like, though, coming to me? Well, because I said you, off air, you had a little bit of a, in terms, I suppose, could say a bit of a late start into the program. You had a few um, yeah. non league clubs. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I played with Chris Kelly, it was my last club, Kingstonians. That's where Gillingham signed me from. Right. You know the Leverhead Lip? The Leverhead Lip? Do you remember him? Yeah, Chris Kelly. He's he 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 was um he was one of the top non non-league players and uh I I've played with him and um Billy Miller was the manager. But to be quite honest with you, I owe my, I I own the opportunity down to Ted Buxton, you know, who was Terry Venables, his sort of number two, if you like. But um, it was Ted that came to watch me. Keith Peacock uh, was the manager of Gillingham. And they ended up paying, I think it was about 10 grand or something like that to Kingstonians. And I had a season at Gillingham, which I took to, you know, I took to it like duck to water. I really, you know, I really enjoyed it. The fact that I was just doing football full time was like unbelievable. I never ever thought it would happen, and then to make a career out of it was brilliant. Well, say, so, like, we'll get onto it in a minute, but you very quickly went from non league to Gillingham to Millwall to winning promotion. So it must have been, you know, you you, you plucked from non league, yes, but you were definitely up to the, up to the standard. Yeah, I think if I remember rightly, I don't know if you if you've got all the facts and figures in front. I think I played twenty three games the year we went up. Yeah, me and Mem came together. Yeah. In, in a 25, double... yeah, tw- 25 grand. What was it? Yeah, 24.99 for me and a pound for men. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, the pair of us came together. But um, I've got to say, men was, you know, I, I, I've had a half-decent career. At, you know, I weren't the greatest player in the world, but I, I was one that always gave my best, a bit like... You know what Alan Walker said to you, you when, when you speak to Walks. You know I was very similar. You know when the likes of George and all them came in, you knew that the writing was on the wall. It was uh, like Alan. I never ever wanted to leave Mill. If they'd have offered me a 
a 10 year contract on the same money, I'd have taken it. Not a problem. Cause I just loved it there. The punters, everything about the club was brilliant. So you was, you sorry. So you was a right wing. Is that right? Well, either side. Yeah. Me and Jimmy, we used to swap, didn't we? Me and Jimmy and me and Cali or whatever. Right. Um, but you know, going back to, I was talking about men. I would say Mem's probably one of the most technically gifted mid- midfield players come number 10s that I've played with. He, he was exceptional. Mm. He was a real, real good player. Um, and to be quite honest with you, he took me under his wing a little bit when we was at Gillingham, you know, just to prompt me in the right direction, make sure I was doing the right things and everything. Not that he fucking ever did the right things, but um, <laughs> but he was good for me. He was really good and Terry Cochran I don't know if you remember in Northern Ireland international winger he was you know used to, he was at Gillingham at the time and Cass Cass obviously Cass was there as well of course he was yeah she so must have had some side that you'll see then we did we had a real good Derek Hales um Mark Weatherly you know we had a good side good mm. side um and then when I went to Millwall everything sort of changed it just you know just going up a level and <clears throat> as soon as John Doc phoned me um, and just said, uh, do you fancy it? There was, I, I shit myself more trying to think of how I was going to go and tell Keith Peacock. I didn't, I wanted to go, <laughs> but. Oh, um, come in for you. Did he, and he come in also you and Dave Mimmon was a double. Yeah. Player. I mean, I, I played against Brentford and um, had a real good game up against their left back, Jamie Murray, who was a right bit of a Stuart Pierce type, you know, Mark Dennis type and give him a bit of a torrid. And, and then um, next thing I know, then the phone's ringing and I'm on my way to, uh, on my way to Millwall. Did, did he come in for one and then say, oh, how about him and all? Or No, the pair of us together. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Was he, you, said I remember he, right. you took, you said he took you under his ring. Uh, was he um, older than you then? No, well, I think we were more or less the same age or maybe I, I don't know if he's a little bit older than me. I don't know how old Mem is. No. Maybe I'm a little bit older than Mem. Was he a bit more experienced then? Yeah, he was more of a senior, he was a senior pro, you know, um, and it was the same when when I joined Millwall, you know, people like Alan Walker and Rhino and even though I was a lot older than them, you know, just learning the ropes, mm. you know, as a professional footballer. I'd only been, I'd only been doing it for a year, you know, I'd only just come in, you know, so, but uh, both Gillingham and, and Millwall, they were two real good dressing rooms. Yeah, yeah. Real good dressing rooms. Um, and obviously I know Terry because he comes from the same neck of the woods as me, like at Brentford. Um, and I, I, that's where I, that's where I started my schoolboy football at Brentford. Um, you know, so I knew Terry Stan, but you know, I used to go and have a beer with him, him and Bolsey and, you know, uh, so they were two good clubs with two good sets of pros that were always there to lend a hand. Mm. They'd also kick your nuts as well. If you, you know, if you was to step out of line, but, uh, I was lucky in that sense. And Mem was one that, just with some of the, you know, the little nudges that he'd give you, it was always in the right direction. He was good for me, man. Mm. 
you said two very good clubs, uh, two very different types of fan base. What was it like to transition to the den as a, as a ground and also the fan base? Different kind of animal. Completely. I don't think I've ever been at a club where the fans frighten the fucking home, like their own players, let alone the away players. Uh, but they were, they were brilliant. I loved it. I, I just thought they were just a different breed. Um, then I don't think they're unlike any other set of supporters, providing they can see that you ain't going to go out there and ask about, go and give it your best shot, go and put a shift in. They just stand by you, you know, and, um, you know, for the three, three and a half years I was there, it was, uh, it was, it's the best club I've ever, I've played at, you know, and the fact that we actually won promotion as well, which, you know, I've got my medal, you know, no one can ever take away that I've got, you know, I've got a, as it is now, the championship medal. Yeah, exactly, mate. So we'll get on to that in a bit, but you're, you're interested to say, you said you played either wing, you had Cali there at the beginning and Jimmy. So two, I mean, two, two very good middle players from, from the past. Yeah. What did the doc say to you? You know, your role is going to be this, or you got to come and fight for your shirt, or I'm going to use you alternate, or did he give you any spiel, or did he just... No, he just... No, as soon as I came in, he put me straight in the side. Um, And in my first season, I I can't remember, I think I I must have played about... 43 games, five goals. You you know, so... But... You could then see that the nucleus of the squad, mm. with a, you know, with some additions, you could see, you know, not light at the end of the tunnel because the light was already there. Yeah, of course. You could see something that, like what we achieved, happening. Mm. That that first year, um, you know, we had some good, we had some good players, and then when he started, you know, and then Jimmy came in with QPR and. And then George came in, Lawrence. Now you know you're in a battle to go and play. Yeah. And, you know, the other person that went under the radar that never got a real good mention for me, and he was really, really good for me, and I think most of the boys will tell you it was the same with Frank McClintock. Yeah. He was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And so was the doc. Um, The only... Bit of a good thing, was it? No, I mean they both rip your nuts off if you you know if you weren't doing it, but they were fair, and you know, but they used to put a lot of hard work in. They, you know, look, I speak to like some of the kids that I've brought through, you know, that are playing now, and they talk about video analysis and all that. We never used to have video analysis or anything like that. We didn't give a fuck about any of the other sides. Mm. Doc was. And Frank was all about what we did on the day. Spot on. And if we did what we were good at, it got to the stage where it didn't matter who we were playing. We knew we were going to steamroll them. We weren't the greatest technical side in the world, but I've never seen a side. I've never, you know, I've been in the coaching side of it as well. You know, at Sheffield Wednesday, at Swindon and Grimsby and Bury and places like that. I've never, ever seen a side with the mentality that that Millwall squad had. Mm. I love hearing Absolutely. that. I love hearing that because 
in this day and age, like you say, you, I, I really wanted good football at the den. But it's got to the stage now, it's getting silly and overplaying and overanalyzing and players getting grade one tears and grade this tears and grade that tears. Back in the day, mate, you just put your best side out and have a fucking go. And that's what we're not doing under Gary Rout. We're just sitting and defending and hoping for the best. Like you say, didn't give a yeah. fuck who he was playing. Frank and Doc just fucking went out there with a, with a belief of do what we're good at and we can win the game. Was one a tactician, a motivator, or was they a bit of both? <coughs> both, yeah. Good man management. Um, well, they could man manage most apart from Murloc, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, they were brilliant. They were really good. But what they brought in was they people laugh at me. You know, um, you have to have a certain mentality to play for Millwall. Mm. Now. My mate phoned me up and asked me about the boy Bradshaw at um, Barnsley. Wow. Now, had he not had the knee injury, he's a good player. He's a goal scorer. Yeah. An out-and-out out goal scorer. I agree. And uh, I said, yeah. And my I know his mentality because one of my close mates is like the academy director there and he's he's a legend at Barnsley and he just says nothing phases him. Nothing. And that was when I said, yeah, if I was at Millwall, I'd take him. And they they, they ended up paying a million pound for him, didn't they? Yeah, mate. And, and a bit more. He, he is a good player and he will score goals, but that, that killed him, the knee injury. Absolutely mm-hmm. killed him. You know, but going back to what you were saying about our squad, Teddy and Cass, George Lawrence, uh, Dean Oryx, uh, even some of the boys that came in on loan, Jerry Armstrong, oh dear, unbelievable. You know, we had good, good strikers, but for, for me, Teddy was the cream, cream of the crop. Mm. And Cass was, him and Cass were brilliant together. Yeah. Two totally different players. Cascarino was, for his, he was just brilliant in the air. He was just unplayable at times. And Teddy, for someone, you know, you know, as people seem to think that he ain't got no pace, he's he's just so far ahead with his thought process. He, he was just incredible, unbelievable. His movement, everything that you needed to be a top, top player. So the interesting one, you said, let's just dip back into the Gillingham days. Obviously, you played with Cass. Why do you not think they come and took Cass as well at the point they took you and men? Was he not quite ready then or...? No, I think it was because, it, you know, when you look at going into one club and picking up two or three players all in one go, I don't know. I really don't know. But mm. I was I was over the moon when he, <laughs> when he turned up. You know, it was, uh, it was brilliant, you know. <laughs> was he like, anyone else in here any good? You're like, no, let's go. Come on, quick. <laughs> yeah. Up the road. <laughs> you know, but... Um, Cass could run all day as well. Mm. He was just a, he was just an absolute machine. He was unbelievable. Mm. Just run and run and run. And he was an handful. And, you know, a lot of people thought he was all left-sided, but he weren't. He could use both feet. His left side was his, you know, his natural side. But, yeah. you know, but in the air, he was fucking frightening at times. Mm. It's an interesting one you say about Cass and Teddy, which we'll get on to. But your first... 
that first season under Docky, we finished 16th. The Doc invested in you for a little bit, Teddy Sheringham and Michael Marks up front when you first joined. Was that Marks? Yeah. That was Sorry, I forgot about Marks. Yeah. Yeah. Marks, yeah. Again, you know, um, if I was to be quite honest, him and Teddy were very much, you know, very, very similar. Marks, he was very cute, great first touch, you know. Um, I think he. I think you touched on it. I, I, he scored at trick. Um, mm. And it was, as good, it was as good an at trick as you'll see. But he was, uh, what a lovely geezer as well. Top, top bloke. Um, Darren Morgan, you know, got to come in. Um, just trying to think who else came in. You had the two Coleman brothers. You had the two Coleman brothers. Yeah. Um, but that see Teddy and Teddy and Marks, he scored twenty seven goals that season between them. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Like, for two two youngsters have come through the youth ranks. The and to think that Teddy, about it, mustn't they? Oh well, when you think that Teddy had to go to Aldershot on loan, didn't he? Right. He went to Aldershot on loan, I think. You know, prior to me coming in, mm. and when he came, you know, when I joined, and you know, he, you could see the way he was playing. I'm thinking, how the fuck are they? What, how has he gone to Aldershot? Should be going to fucking Arsenal or something because he was quality. You could see it straight away. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. You could see it straight away. He was absolutely top top draw, and the proof was in the pudding. You know, he's gone on and done what he's done. Yeah, in the first season at Millwall, it was your first season. I just because there will be younger people watching this that won't remember the old den, so I just wanted to use a sort of sum up how you felt and sort of explain the old den if possible at what it felt like to a player. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you needed to turn up with a crash helmet. <laughs> um, I just remember the fencing and then on the top of it, it had spikes and they were yellow. Yeah. And they used to spin around. <laughs> um, and then you had the, like the away end, we used to come out of the tunnel and that was all caged in because they used to give us abuse. <laughs> I remember them spitting at you and it was it was scary yeah and then when you got out there and you done well oh listen i mean it was unbelievable i i, I thought to myself what the fuck am i doing what am i doing here but they were just they they they, they were brilliant and when you hear these pundit you know these players now saying yeah well you know the crowd they push it this lot got us over the line on more than God knows how many occasions. Just like Walk says, when you hear the, you know, no one likes us, just the airs on the back of me and neck used to stand up. I actually stopped in a game just to watch them. <laughs> and all I heard was, get your fucking ass back, budge. Move. <laughs> no fucking doc. It was on the you wing. Know, actually, um, on the wing, you're more fucking, you're more susceptible to hearing it, and you're on the wing as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, I heard it. Uh, burn you, C-U-N-T. I'll, I'll fucking see you in the car park and cut you up, you fucker. You know, I'm f and this is my own supporters. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And that was a that was a game I remember because it was against Middlesbrough and Cass, we beat them too. And I made both goals. Cass scored two. I put, put two balls in, Cass scored them. And, and I got M-O-N. And this geezer was fucking, it was, so I got in the changing room and I said to Terry, tell, there's a geezer, 
I think, you're allowed to walk me down to my car. He said that he's going to wait in the car park for me <laughs> if I didn't line myself up. But um, what by though? You just did you set up? You set up two and got man of the match. Why does he want to wait for you? Could have set up oh, three. Should have set up three. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, it was just it. And the, and and the thing is, every time I was on the up one end of the pitch, he was walking up and down the fucking side. He was following. I mean, he was following me. <laughs> And I just thought to myself, oh, in the end, I said to Terry, come on, I'll come back, we'll go and have a beer. And so <laughs> that was just my excuse to get him to come down to the car park just in case. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. I loved every single minute. And like I said, I'd have signed a 10-year contract and without no rise, just that whatever my basic wage was then, I'd have said, that'll do me for the next 10 years. I just didn't want to go. So obviously you mentioned Terry Herlock now and you came from Gillingham with Dave Mimmit. Was you close to those boys and who was you close to in the changing room? Who did you room with? What was the atmosphere like in and around the players' dressing room? Uh, cool, now you're asking me, who did I room with? I've roomed with Terry quite a bit. I've roomed with Terry in Barbados. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the famous um, trip. Oh, fucking. Um, it used to chop and change. I've been with Jimmy I, a few times. Um, I've roomed with Rhino a couple of times. Um, that was obviously when Walks and all of them, you know, if they if they were injured or didn't travel or whatever. I I had you know different you know different people that I actually room with. Any you regret rooming with? No, nah, not really, not really. Um, no snorers or anything like that. <laughs> No. Well, because I was, you know, I was like the uh, the pup of the pro squad, if you like, you know, because I'd only been, you know, pro at 18 months or whatever. They used to fucking get me to go and get the sandwiches, make the fucking tea. And I said, well, hang on a minute, I'm fucking older than you. You fucking get make the tea. But uh, no, nah, they was all pretty good. They was all really good, to be quite honest with you. Um I got on well with Walks. Um, Macca, I still speak to Macca. Um, I still speak to Jimmy. I speak to Terry. Uh, I haven't seen or heard Callie. I don't know what, where Callie is now. I don't know what he's doing or Mem. I know Mem, uh, Mem's out near Bexley, isn't he? Out that way. Out my way, yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to track him down, mate. Because as I said, you... You seem to become as a pair, you two. <laughs> we should yeah, no, with, he's, you uh, stick with Mehmet when you was come to Mill Walls. Who was you like really close with? I know you was all close, but if you could pick one or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I, Mem, Mem, like I say, because I knew Mem, like from you know, Gillingham, and you know, he was he was sort of my guardian, if you like. Mm. And when he came in, and then obviously he went, and then Danny turned up. And I knew Danny as well, so um, you know I roomed with him a, a, a few times. But uh, to be that? quite honest with you, mate, there weren't Danny Salmon. Um, oh, Danny Salmon, oh, yeah, of course. But I've not, to be quite honest with you, mate. I've, there's not one squad member there that I can honestly say was an arsehole. Mm. Not one. Probably why you had, had the success you did in the. I say we finished eight, uh, 16th that season. 
the following season, yeah. everything changes, mate. It's the pinnacle. The only time in the club's history we get promoted. You play 21 games and score two goals. You start the season. Um, new additions to the squad. Danny Salmon, as you mentioned. Chicken George Lawrence come towards the end. Tony Cascarino. Steve Wood, what do you think? Oh, he's already doing well under Doc. He was moving in the right direction. What do you think pushed us to that next level? Uh, <laughs> like I said earlier, it was, you know, when you added those players, you know, of what you just mentioned to the squad that we had that finished 16th, you just had that vision of things can only get better. And, you know, when you look at where we were at Christmas, I think did, I ended up with a thigh injury. That's what caused me to miss the, you know, the running and everything. Yeah. I'd actually put a tear on my thigh. And, uh, but that was the good thing with Doc. He, he, he took me every, he, he took me to every game. Mm. Never left me, you know, to sit up. I've travelled. And I think, weren't we 10th or 12th, something at Christmas? Yeah, something like that, mate. And then we went, and then we went on this unbelievable run. I think it was for, what, 14, 15 games where we, we just couldn't get beat. Mm. Mm. Um, and then when we, well, oh, I can't remember it because... I remember going to Hull on the Tuesday and Kelly scored the penalty. And when we arrived at Hull, there was a case of champagne under the table in the dressing room. And Doc picked it up and fucking threw it out the fucking door because he didn't want anything. So I fucking went out and hid it. <laughs> I went and picked it all up. Case of champagne or whatever it was, beer and champagne. Anyway, we won the game. I can't remember from that Tuesday to the fucking Friday. I can't remember any. I can assure you, you had a good time. Oh, <laughs> it was scary because we stayed up there. Well, that's a part of my life that I'll never, ever get back. I just don't know where it went. What happened? It was incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, and they, we had like some of the punters kick the dressing room door in and they came in and there was punters in the dressing room before we come off the pitch because oh, we were still on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. The dressing room. yeah. In tears, grown men crying. Unbelievable. Just incredible. I've never, I don't think I'll ever witness anything like that again. That's so brilliant. that's brilliant. They've actually waiting in the fans waiting in the dressing room for you by the time you got in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Helping yourself to the bottle of champagne. <laughs> It's brilliant, but uh, it was unbelievable, mate. I've I've only ever witnessed it once, and I don't think I'll ever. I don't think anything will ever cap that. The only thing that I was a little bit disappointed in is that I never got to play the mill in the first division. Yeah, that was. I was in the squad for the first two or three games. because yeah. then Paul Stevenson arrived, didn't he? Yeah. Stevo, he was a good lad, you know, and then. And I just felt, I just wanted that opportunity, just to, even if it was just for one game, but I never, ever got it. So, mm. but, but there you go. Never mind. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. We'll stay on this subject because I'll read it in my notes, but I'll backtrack because you said it as well without realising it's in my notes. Was there a point where you felt the pressure? Because George Lawrence coming towards the end, and we, as a player, do you think, 
fucking know, I've come from non-league. I've done this well. I've done well in my first season. I'm doing well in this season. And I, I can feel the pressure now trying to keep my shirt because George Lawrence yeah. is moving down my neck. I've got Jimmy Carter and Cali already two very good players. Yeah. And and then Paul Stevenson turned up. And yeah, it, it does. It, you start ask, asking yourself, is this the end of the line? And But Doc was brilliant. Doc said to me, Budge, just because I'm bringing these players in, that don't mean to say that you ain't going to play and you ain't going to do this. And and he was true to his word because, like you say, I played 20, 25, 26 games that season. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, he was bringing in a, a better quality of player than what I was, you know, 100%, 100%. So at the end of the day, yeah, I was disappointed. Of course I was, but... All I wanted, wanted to do was just to make sure that we got up. I didn't care whether, I, you know, if I never kicked another ball. I just wanted us to get up. But I knew. I'm not just saying it now. I knew we were going to do it. I, I just knew, you know, it was just a feeling. You know, I remember when we went, uh, we went to Leeds. You know, everyone talking about they're all oh, they're going to wait for us off the train and. They're gonna do this. They're gonna do that. We went, we went there and smashed them, and I mean smashed them. You know, we had, you know, we had a the spine of the team was magnificent. Alan Walker, Rhino, or you know, Alan Walker, Stevie Woods, and you know, good, 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 strong physical centre midfield. Uh, Erlock and Briley, they're the two that used to just make sure that the governors, if you like. Yeah, you know? yeah. And when you look at people like, I remember when we went to Wimbledon and I remember Doc saying to Terry, tell, please don't get involved with Vinnie Jones. <laughs> he said, don't, please. But I, from the kickoff, I think it was a short ball. Terry's just fucking absolutely smashed him and he squealed like a pig. He, and Terry weren't a dirty player. Terry was just tough. And, he, you know, he had thighs like tree trunks I mean he used to you know I used to go and stay at his house and and I know Kath and the kids and all of that really really well I used to, I, he even dragged me out to go and do his paper round with him because one of the paper boys didn't turn up I, come on buddy, we're gonna go and deliver some papers <laughs> did he only shop then or something yeah more from stuff yeah well he owned a lot he owned a news agents did he yeah yeah well you you and Terry went and done the, the paper round <laughs> oh my, that is classic. Fucking unbelievable. But um, you know, and then you had Teddy Cash, George, George could play up top. Um, but that season, you know, like going back to that first season, you know, when we finished 16th, um, Mem Mem for me was, you know, he was the one that used to make us tick. Mm. He was the one that you just wanted to get the ball into him because he was, he'd go and play off the striker and get into that little number 10 row, as they call it now. But, you know, he had a passing range to die for. He was just different class. He really was a top, top player. And surprised he never really went on to bigger and better things because he was another one that actually stood out even when I went to Gillingham, you know. And you had people like Derek Howes, Terry Cochran, Mark Weatherly, and, you know, but men... Men stood out. He stood out because he was, you know, he'd given the ball with two defenders in a fucking telephone box and he'd fucking come out with it. 
<laughs> it's a shame because he, I think he only played one game that season, Dave Mamet. I checked, and you and him obviously very good players, and you may have been a little bit a victim of your own success because we went, yes, yeah. we went like that so quickly through the leagues that you probably would have played more games for me or if we hadn't if we hadn't gone up, wouldn't you? To be quite honest with you, you know, I played 60, what was it, 60-odd games, yeah. you know, in three years. That's, for a winger, 20 games a season is, is a good stat. Yeah. Because you're fucking closest to the touchline, it's easier to get the fucking rope around your neck to drag you off. That's what I used to say to Doc. Fuck me, is that... Can you? I'll go and fucking stand in the middle of the pitch where your rope ain't long enough. Yeah, I used to have a laugh about it, but yeah. you know his man management was really. You know, he always told you, "Bud, you ain't playing today." Why? Because you were fucking shit last week. You ain't playing today. Simple. Yeah. And I used to say, "Well, fucking, it's your fucking choice, isn't it?" You know, he was. He, his man management was good. I mean. Games that I can relate to, like we played Aston Villa, first game of the season. Yeah. And we beat them 2-1 up there. And me and Jimmy and Frank Frank McClintock pulled, pulled us afterwards and he said, that's as good a display, wing display, as I've seen from two wingers for a long, long time. We absolutely terrorised uh, the two fullbacks. He had Kevin Gage and I had the ginger, ginger lad. Can't think of his name. Can't think of his name. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, I think Cass and Les scored. Mm. Yeah, you're not talking about our first game in the top division, which we also played Aston Villa while we drew 2-2. You're talking about the year before, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah, we, we played. Promoted, we won the league, Aston Villa come second. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. Uh, I remember the last game of the season as well. I was still pissed. Black. Um, Blackburn. And someone had phoned up and told <laughs> Crystal Palace because they was in the running, weren't they, for going up and told them that we were getting, that we were winning 4-1. <laughs> and apparently it all went off at Sellers Park that we were winning 4-1 and we were getting fucking dick 4-1. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, and then we played them first game of the season, didn't we, up there in, in the Premier? Mm, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's 2-2. Two, two, and that's when... scored both, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was there. I was in. I was. I travelled with the squad. So it's really good, man. What you said, you, you, you've, you've. It's very amicable. You said, I didn't care if I didn't kick another ball. I just wanted to get up. And you also said he bought better in, in better quality players than me. And that's, that's testament to you. And also, obviously, to Doherty's man management. But I'll be. I'm an horrible bastard. I'll be like, he's shit. Don't play him. Play me. I've, why aren't you probably sulking and everything? But <coughs> you took it really but, well. It's, it, it, it's part of the football process. And, you know, I found that out when I went on to the coaching side and the management side, you know, under Paul Sturrock, under Dave Jones, you know, people that I've worked under. Yeah. And I can then take it back and relate it to what happened at Millwall or what happened at Plymouth. You know, I played 80 or 89, 90 games for Plymouth in three years. And then they sold me to Watford for under grand. Mm. You know, so I must have been doing something right. You know, yeah. like I said, I weren't great, but there comes a time when, you know, like the second season, um, and you could see these players coming in. You know, George, George Lawrence, you know, was playing for Southampton in the in the first division. You know, he was he was top draw. You know, and then like you say, you got Cali. And then he started to bring these, then Paul Stevenson come from Newcastle, you know, all real, you know, good quality, top quality players to go and do. It was one thing that I remember. Um, I can't remember if it was Doc or Frank. When you bring players in, bring in the players that will only get you to where you want to get to. What happens after that is irrelevant but bring in the players that will get you to where you want to get to. And that's what he did. Yeah. He brought in players to get us to where we needed to get to. And that's what he was good at. You know, Doc, he was, he was brilliant, you know, and the other one that, you know, deserves a lot of recognition for the players that got brought in was Bob Pearson. Yeah. He's like a, he's like a timeless, he's like a timeless figure in these interviews. So I've interviewed people from the eighties, the nineties and noughties. And they all say, yeah, Bob Pearson was well involved. What was he like as a character, Bob? Did you get on well with him? Very quiet. Yeah, brilliant. Really, really well. He had really one well. away, did he? He had, he, no was... football, he had no football background, did he? None. No, I'm, I, to be quite honest with you, I, I, I don't know. But no, he didn't. When I first arrived, he was brilliant. You know, if I if you had a problem, can't see Bob. You know, he you know he was one to talk to, and he was very close to my mentor, which was Ted Buxton. Um, and Ted always spoke highly of him. And then when I finally met him and got to know him, top guy, very quiet, very reserved, but you could see there was a ruthless streak in him. Yeah. You know, and when you look at that, um, that Millwall youth side that got to the uh, youth cup final, 
you know, with Cali and, and that's where, you know, he knew Mem and all of them. He brought some great players through. I mean, a lot of people don't, you know, remember, you know, you had the two Carmen brothers. You had Phil on one side and Nicky on the other. Mm. You know, two good, good, solid, solid defenders. That's mad, isn't it? Two brothers playing, that must be. Imagine how proud the parents must be. Two boys both playing in the oh. same time as well for the same team. Must be unbelievable. Team, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and you look at um, just the, the, the whole squad, the whole squad, you know, was a real tough squad. And, you know, I can't remember Doc or Frank really letting loose. Because if there was a problem in the dressing room, it got fucking sorted by the players. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any oh, fucking in, the, in the dressing room? We've heard a couple. We've heard about Ruddock and Orney having a tear up. We've heard about um, Doc and Doc and McClintock having a tear up as well. Yeah, yeah. But in them day, it never got out. Yeah, it was what happened in the dressing room stayed in the dressing room. Mm. You know, like you say, Neil Ruddock, the Jippo. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. I went to watch uh, Mark Hughes's t- uh, Ian Rush's testimony, or so uh, it was. Uh, Mark Hughes' testimony at Liverpool. And I was playing in Scotland at the time and David James was the goalkeeper when I was at Watford and I got tickets to go and I ended up staying at David James's house that night. Um, after the game, I'm standing in the bar and Neil walked in and I shouted, that, I shouted across the bar, Jibbo! And he was going, no. No, 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 no. And I'm thinking, what's he on about? He went, no, 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 it's Razor. It's Razor. <laughs> I went, oh, fucking, what's all that about? He went, they don't know. They don't know about my nickname, Jibbo. Because you know how he got it. Apparently, he had skiddies all in his pants. Like, used to hang up in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was, I, I was, I was very close with him as well. And I still speak to him now. He comes down and does, you know, Harry's heroes and all that. So I've had a couple of nights out with him here, him and Merce, Paul Merson. Um, that, you know, he, he was a great lad. And uh, <laughs> Skidders. <laughs> we, I, I can't remember what game it was. We were going away somewhere. And he'd left, he'd left Neil out of the team. And uh we was at the den, getting on the bus to go and travel, and Razor said to me, "Budge, here, give that the dog." And he gave me an envelope. Yeah. So, bus is ready to leave. Doc and Frank are sitting at the front, and uh, um, as I got on the bus, I just said, "Oh, um, Ruddock said to give you that." So. And then I just went up to my seat, up the back, you know, boys are all ready to have a game of hearts, cards. Doc's picked that up and he went, budge, come down the front. So I'll fucking walk down the front. And he's left the microphone on and he went, what are you, a fucking postman? I went, what? He said, actually, what are you? I say, actually, I do deliver news. I do deliver newspapers with Terry Erlock. <laughs> yeah. I said... I said, what are you on about? He said, what the fucking hell is he? He's giving you this to give to me. He's fucking, he's a fucking, 
whatever, I can't remember what he said. But he, like, are you a fucking postman? Because I give him the letter. Did you ever find out what was in the letter? Yeah, his transfer request. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Look you know, where that one. He fucking, he went fucking berserk. Doc, he went fucking mad. I thought, well, fuck me. That's me not fucking playing Saturday. <laughs> I said, well, no, he just asked me to give it to you. He went, yeah, cool, fuck off, sit down, he said. But, yeah. You know, just some of the stories were fucking unbelievable, mate. Brilliant. Really, you that know. Was, that was brilliant, that one. <laughs> oh, dear. So, by this point now, we've been, we've been promoted. You know, you said you had now at this point, you, Jimmy, Callie, George Lawrence. Uh, he brings in Steve-O. You, you, do you have an idea the writing was on the wall? What, what was the chat you had with Doc in that yes. summer? What was the chat you had with him? Did yeah. you have a chat with him? I mean, no, not really. No, he um, he came to my wedding um, when I when I got married, um, as did a lot of the boys. <coughs> Come back pre-season. Every, you know, I played. I played in the preseason games, and and then went to Villa, travelled with a squad. I can't remember who was the second game. I I, I, I travelled with the first two or three games, mm. but I didn't even get on the bench. That's when I knew it was probably time for me to to go. Mm. And then Doc said to me, he said, "Look." I've had a phone call from Don Mackay at Blackburn. He said, there's a reserve game Tuesday. He wants to come down and pick you up. So I played in the reserve game. And then straight after the game, I got in the car with Don Mackay and went up to Blackburn. And that was it. That was the last time. That was the the last time. And to be quite honest with you, I was fucking distraught. I didn't handle it very well, to be quite honest with you. What, personally, or did you have a little dig, or did you... No, no, I would never... struggle with forming your next club because of your art was still at the dead No, I just just didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I only went because I wanted to go and play some football. Do you not think that he should have maybe given you that opportunity? Because I'm not being rude, George Lawrence didn't really succeed at Millie. I think he got a lot of injuries. Uh, Steve-O was there for four or five years. Do you not think... Did you not say to him, Doc... You know, you brought me in. I've, nah, I've, not really. Because they, yeah, I just wanted the opportunity to go and see whether or not I could handle it. And yeah, if exactly. after one, even if he'd have said out of 20 minutes, budge, get the fuck off. You ain't fucking, you're not doing it. Then so be it. But I just wanted that opportunity. Yeah. At least then I could have turned around and said, well, yeah, I did. I played in the Premier. Of course. You know, but I never, I, I, I never got that opportunity to play. Um, like Walk says, you know, Walks went when Walks went to Gillingham, you know, he was fucking distraught. I remember speaking to him in Barbados. He said, Budge, he said, it, it, it's just not the fucking same. You know, when you've gone and done what you've done, mm. it's just not the same. And then when you've got that, it's like, now you can understand what the fans are, you know, people like yourself, it's fucking ingrained in you. And that's how, even after three years, that's all it did. It just got ingrained in me. I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to go anywhere. But, you know, if I wanted to be a professional footballer, then I needed to go. Yeah. You need to play games where you can as well, mate, don't you? You know what I mean? You only, yeah. It's a short and I had, 
and I had five games at Blackburn and I'd done really well. They, they offered me a three-year deal. And I was supposed to go and meet Alan Clark and he went down with a, he was ill. I spoke to Billy Bremner and, at Doncaster. It just didn't sit right with me. Um, and then I played, my last game for Blackburn was against Plymouth and that's when I got a fucking note. <laughs> well, so listen, you told me, you told me off camera, so... Yeah, if you don't mind, yeah. this again. I said, how did that come about? You going to Plymouth then, then you told the story. He gave, yeah, the, the, the fullback at Plymouth, he gave, he pulled it out of his sock, like a little piece of paper with Ken Brown and his, and his number on it. Can you give him a call after the game? And that's what I did. I spoke to Ken. I came down here. I looked about. Um, I went over and see my uncle, who's now... Got a champion. He's turned some of his farmland into a championship golf course called Bowood. Um, so and that was it. Just football so different. So you're playing for Blackburn. It's your last game. The fullback pulls a note out of his sock, which has got the his manager's number on it, and asks you to give his manager a ring. Yeah, <laughs> Ken Brown. Yeah. Then I spoke to Ken. Oh, he kept me with the he's when, a, the academy. The um had something to do with Mill, wasn't he, Kenny Brown? Yeah. Kenny, he, that, yeah, his son. Yeah, I played with Kenny at Plymouth. Great lad. Right. Top, okay. top, top, oh, he's, top. Sorry, yeah, his dad, was all, his dad was also a pro and called Kenny, wasn't he? Yeah, his dad his yeah. dad was the manager. Okay. And I remember I remember playing in a, in a game with Argyle. And Ken said, like, Ken Senior said, Budge, you've got to get back and help him out. I said, well, pay me half his fucking salary. I'll fucking go and do half his job. <laughs> that didn't go down too well. <laughs> But um, we had a four ball. It was me, um, me and Kenny. We used to, because we had corporate membership at St. Melian, you know, the Nicholas course. We had corporate member. We was up there three or four times a week. It was fucking unbelievable. And uh, it was me and Kenny used to play Sean McCarthy and Reese Wilmot. Remember, Reese Wilmot was the ex-Arsenal keeper. Sean McCarthy, striker. Um and we used to play England versus Wales. You know, it was uh, a bit of a grudge, but fucking cork. Used to have some fucking drink. <laughs> you came into the, to the programme relatively late, as we said, 22, 23. And I was tossing yeah. off air that you went on and had a good career after Millwall and you end up in Scotland, right? But then yeah. in 1995, at the age of 34, roughly, I'm guessing, yeah. you joined Spurs. I was at Partick Thistle on, um, for three years. I had three really good years there under John Lambie. Um, I went to St. Johnson first. So I left Watford. Tell a lie. I left Watford and I went over to Ireland to go and see all my family, my dad's side. And I ended up playing a dozen games for Shamrock Rovers. Right. And it was from there, I got a phone call from John McClelland who used to play for Watford, Leeds, you know, the big Irish centre-back. He was the manager at St. Johnson and Nigel Gibbs had given him my, a recommendation. So he phoned me and said, would I go up? And I said, nah, nah, not for me. That was to play on the Saturday against Motherwell or someone like that. I went, nah, it's not for me, mate. It's not for me. So after the game on the Saturday, I played for Shamrock. On the Sunday, my phone goes again. It's John McClelland again. And he said, Dave, look, we're desperate for you to come. He said, I'd like to get you up here 
tomorrow on Monday and get you signed so that you can make your debut against Rangers. I said, right, fucking book me flights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'll come> back. <laughs> so I ended up, I, I went up and I signed there. I signed a two year, two year deal. And um, after a year, Party Thistle came in for me. I went to Party Thistle. I had two or three good years there. And similar scenario to Millwall. It got to the stage where there was good kids coming through and, you know, a bit part player. And I went to... Um, I'd finished there. I was just... I was going to sign for St Mirren, but it was a summer holiday. So I thought, right, I'll go home and then... I spoke to Jerry. Jerry phoned me up. And Jerry, Jerry just Francis. Said, Jerry Francis. Yeah. yeah, it's time to Spurs. Jerry right. phoned me up. said, look, we need four or five British based players to compete in this European competition. Do you fancy it? He said, we'll pay you X amount of pounds per game. So I ended up playing. I played in every game. I can't understand why it says no, I didn't play. I played in all four, four games. Yeah. We ended up going to uh, German side. Not common. Borussia Mönchengladbach or someone like that. When they was in the, you know, when they was in the uh, Bundesliga. Right. And we needed we needed a win, but they needed to win by seven or eight clear goals to qualify. Right. So we turn up for the game. All of a sudden, there's fucking TV cameras everywhere and fucking supporters here, supporters. They'd flown their first team back from a fucking pre-season in Italy to play in the game. <laughs> we were 5 nil down. I hadn't even touched the fucking ball. Well, for Spurs? <laughs> yeah. We ended up getting beat 8-1, I think it was. Oh. And they quite, they went through and we, we didn't. What was it? Oh. Wasn't the Intertoto Cup or something? No, that was a, that was an... Intertoto. Yeah, was it the yeah. Intertoto? Teddy Cup? was at Spurs. Teddy was at Spurs at the at the time. I turned up at training and went, "What the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> That's a fucking. Matter. I was just looking through earlier on your, on your Wikipedia. I'm like, <clears throat> okay, makes sense. Left me a wall. Yeah, lovely Plymouth, Watford. Yeah, good career. Okay, coming to the end into Scotland, not a problem. Hang on a minute, what the fuck? He's got the Spurs. <laughs> Yeah, so Wait, I ended up... Oh, it's not what you know, mate. It's who you know. <laughs> well, Chrissy Hewton took it with Roger Cross. Crossy, who was the first-team coach at Mill. Um, so that was good because, I, you know, I, I knew Crossy straight, you know. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't going in. But there, it was me, Mark Newson. Uh, Mark Newson, who used to be at Bournemouth. Wow. And Alan Pardew, Ian Sanson. Ian Sanson. So, sorry, you got this, you got this because Jerry Francis... You were related to him, but he was related. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his brother is my brother-in-law. Uh, has he got a lovely money? My, my wife, my wife, he did have, my wife and um, Martin Francis, Jerry's brother, are sisters. Sister, yeah, with you, with you, with you. Oh. So Jerry, Jerry, because I could have, he, he wanted me to go to Exeter. Right. And I, uh, no, I couldn't go there. Yeah. That's like fucking. That's like asking me to go and play for West Ham. Oh, of course fucking it is. No yeah, chance. Plymouth for next year. Yeah, of course it is. You know, 
But, you know, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I was quite lucky in the sense that most of the clubs that I played for, i.e. Watford, um, Millwall, it was all in the, you know, the higher divisions, you know? And the same when I went to Scotland, it was all in the Premier, which was brilliant, you know, to go and play at Celtic with fucking 85,000. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You stayed within the game as well. After the game, you went into coaching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I came back, I had a knee injury and then I loved it in Scotland. My son was born up there. I loved it up there. Uh, I ended up with a knee injury. Um, I had an ulcerated patella, so I had to have it operated on. So I thought, right, there's nothing to keep me up there. I'm going to move back to Plymouth. So I came back here. And along with that, I just passed all my coach education, same as Alan Walker. Sure. Um, so I then worked for the FA for six years. I was the lead tutor in Devon and Cornwall. I was delivering level ones, twos and threes. Okay. And um, I'd done that for six years. Then I set an academy up at a place called Plymouth College of Further Education. And alongside that, I went in to coach at Argyle because I got Paul Sturrock in there. Okay. He was quite successful then, wasn't he? Oh, unbelievable. He's the best manager they've ever had. So anyway, he's done what he'd done here. And then he went to Swindon and he took me with him. And I went down there as head of youth, first in coach. Then Paul left to come back to Plymouth. And he said, come on, we're going back to Plymouth. I went, no, nah, I'm going to stay here. So I stayed there. And in my first year, I got to the quarterfinal with the FA Youth Cup. Nice. And I had people like Sean Morrison, Ben Tozer, Lucas Djukovic, you know, some real, real good, talented players. And then when Paul left, I took over as caretaker manager. Right. Then they brought in Morris Malpass. I didn't really want the job. They brought in Morris, but Morris wanted me to stay on as his assistant. Morris was on hiding to nothing from the world go. Morris left, and then I took over again. And Yeah, I see you had a few roles, different roles at Swindon, a few, didn't you? I'd done 30-odd games as, as a caretaker really? and done really well. I thought, hmm, maybe I should give it a go. And then they brought in Danny Wilson and Danny, I assisted Danny for the rest of that season. Um, and then while I was away on summer holiday, Danny brought in his own assistant without even saying nothing to me. So in the end, I, I thought, right, I'm off. So, you know, I ended up going to Sheffield Wednesday with Dave Jones. Right, so you've been yeah, you've had a, you've had a good go, mate, and you in the in the coaching game as well. The coaching and the recruitment, I love the recruitment side of it. I mean, you look at the players like Charlie Austin and yeah, Simon Simon Cox, Gordon Greer, you know, some really good players. Sean Morrison, he went to he's Cardiff captain now. Yeah, you know, you said you I took him from here. Is, is that the one at, at, at Birmingham? Birmingham, yeah, 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 yeah. He's had, he had five. Uh, Five moves all over a million pound. Some people think Rowett's got half an eye on him for next season. Lucas, he's an handful. A real, he's a yeah, because he should have he should have had a straight red against us the other week. Stamps yeah, on one of our players. He's a poor man's Cascarina. <laughs> mate, wait a minute, mate. He's, he's like we got no strikers would take anyone. It, I mean, Cass was big, strong, but Cass he can link. You know, he was a good linker to play. Yeah, but it, you know. Getting across centre-backs, he was magnificent. Lucas reminds me of Cass. He really does. What's happened to Bradshaw? Is he... Mate, it's so, it's so strange. So, 
I, I like him, right? He grafts, but what we have, what he has to do in this type of team is it's not like it used to be with strikers, is it? You don't even have two strikers, really. Anymore, do you? you have one that has to link the play, go looking. And Bradshaw is a poacher. Under Harris, he scored seven goals in seven games. His goals to game ratio yeah. for me isn't bad. Obviously, he had the bad injury as well. But he, yeah. just, he just isn't fancy, but he's just had the option to, to extend his contract for another season, which he has done. But he's not really in favour with a manager. So I think he's took the option. I think he's down our way because his missus is from down there. They've got a kid and that. So it suits him. But yeah. I, can see, I can see him ending up at Jill's, something like that. Yeah. Funny yeah. enough. He's a good player. He's a, he's, he's a good goal scorer. He gets a lot of unfair you know, shit from our fans, I think. He don't know, get anywhere enough game time to prove himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the one thing with the Mill supporters as well. You know, they don't hold back. They no. let you know. You know, and that's why I said, you know, who was the uh, head of recruitment there? What was his name? He used to work for the papers and then he's fucking, what was his name? Alex Aldridge. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone now, mate. So you can say what you like. He started, he didn't, he started news at Den, didn't he? Fair play to him. And then he's, he's got, he got into the, he's done better than I've done because he's got a fucking route into the club. And then he's just, he's just gone and joined Stoke now. He's their head of recruitment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, nice enough, lad, but fucking hell, hang on. <laughs> Listen. Classic. If... One thing we haven't spoke about, by the way, is when um, you said to me when we spoke on the phone the other day, you was actually at a coach at Berry when they went under. Yeah. I was assistant manager, yeah. You was the assistant manager at Berry when it, all, when it all went... What was that like that day when we thought it was going to... I mean, look, they've gone there and we used to go up there and it's a, it's a lovely little shitty old ground. And they used to... For the last couple of times we've been there, we won 3-1 one, one year, we won 3-2 another. And they had a little, they had a little firm who said, come and try and have a go and cause havoc. Like, those idiots. But at the same time, it was a good little day out. Do you know what I mean? I, I really yeah. did feel for them yeah. when they went under. What was it, it like was, that day? Um, you and Bolton, wasn't it? You and Bolton were both potentially going to go on the same day and they got saved, Bolton, yeah, didn't they? The, 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 yeah, because the uh, one of the top dogs at the EFL is a Bolton supporter. <laughs> fucking hell. They were a fucking disgrace. But saying that, the geezer that was up, like that bought the club for a pound was the he was a bigger crook than fucking Dick Turpin. <laughs> Honestly, I don't wish ill of anybody, but I did him. He was scandalous, absolute scandalous. And um, I've never had training facilities like I had at Bury. They had Man City's old training ground, Carrington. Fuck, splash baths and. Saunas, jacuzzis, oh, really? six or seven pitches, beautiful pitches. Yeah, unbelievable. You've never seen anything like it. And it all just went. All just went. And it's it like was, that day, like that must be a very unique experience. See a club. Be quite honest with you, I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad I weren't there because the LMA phoned me and said, Dave, listen, you ain't got to go back in. You can't keep going up and back, up and back, and you ain't going to get paid. Lucky enough, I was never not paid. Yeah. But it weren't coming from him. It was coming from money that they were getting in from other places, you know, for transfers that were owed and this, that and the other. And he was just, he was just rinsing the club. He was just rinsing them. Didn't they get get him and the captain on Sky Sports and fucking had him go at it? Yeah. They did, didn't they? I remember that. David Dawson, you know, and he was right, Dawson. The geezer was a wrong one. Absolute wrong. And at the end of it, I I didn't have to go in. 
So I weren't there when, you know, when they actually put the padlock on and brought the coffin up. <laughs> they brought a coffin outside. You know, but it was it was heartbreaking, mate. Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking. Not just the hard work you put in there at the club, but also just it's such a long history, the club, didn't it? it ain't been going five minutes. You know what I mean? No, well, they got the promotion, didn't they? And listen, I could tell you a story, mate. It's frightening. I mean, how do you pay someone nine grand a week in the second division? What? And 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 five hundred pound or six hundred pound a point win bonus. Who was on that? In the second. Oh, I can't tell you, but oh, player was, was on it. Yeah. Fucking hell. And they wonder why they went fucking tits up. Nine bags. It's just, you know, it was just absolutely unbelievable, mate. It was frightening. The contracts that were handed out. And Ryan Lowe was the manager. And he obviously see he, he read the script because he got out, him and Shuey got out, got their got their pay up, and he got the job here at Plymouth. He's a good lad. I, I, and I, I, I know him as well because he was at Sheffield Wednesday when we were there. Right. As a player. You know, but uh, he he read the script. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And uh, he got out. And then my mate got the job. And then he phoned me up and said, look, do you fancy it? And like a dick, I said, yeah. But we put a great little squad together. And um, we beat Port Vale 3-1. We lost 2-1 to Blackburn pre-season friendlies. And that was it. James Vaughan was there at one point scoring goals, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, they had a good little squad. Yeah, a good little squad, and we added to it, and we knocked eight hundred grand off the wage bill. Fucking oh, you know. hell! Jesus Christ, mate! Jesus Christ! Such a but, shame. <clears throat> and that's when I felt time to chuck it. Mm. Time so to chuck. Not, it, not in the game no more. Then I'm not at the moment, mate. No, no. Um. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing a couple of little bits and pieces for a couple of clubs, just helping them, you know. But the game's, you know, until this virus is over, mate, it's going nowhere. Yeah, true. Nowhere. Everyone's treading water, aren't they? Everyone's treading water. We're just waiting for it to jump back up. At the end of the day, mate, clubs will only start spending when the crowds, you know, when the fans are allowed back in. So bringing it back to your time at the club, I always end with the same questions, and that is... If you can pick one standout memory from your time at the club, what would it be? And if you go for a drink one last night out with three of your ex-mill teammates, who would you take? You can only take yourself and three others. A lot would definitely be one. Mem. Um, Mem. And probably Alan Walker. Walks, yeah. 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 Brilliant. Brilliant. And if you could pick a um, memory for your time at the club, I know there's probably a few. Having that medal placed around my neck on the last day of the season. Mm. You're quite at the forefront of the when Dot's going, sing it, you bastards. You're right there, aren't you? Giving it that one. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm down, I'm down doing that. I'm I'm, I'm on the side like that in my tracksuit because I, I I was, you know, I was injured. Um, and I was in the that's 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 how I got the the crate of booze back in because when they all went out, I went back in and got the crate and took it back in the dressing room. (laughs) Brilliant, mate. But the other, the the other thing that sticks out as well is my family as well. You know, my cousin, I think you've spoken to Steve and uh, 
I've converted him to a mill supporter. He goes everywhere, home and away. Yeah, he's on one of my live streams the other day. He's on one of my live streams. Yeah, you know, so, and his dad played a part, you know, in in, in, in relation to me going to Gillingham and Millwall because I weren't sure whether it was the right thing to do, mm. you know, to give up my job. What was your job? As a carpenter. I, I, was, a, like, I, had a, I was a carpenter. Oh, what? Roof carpenter, you know, like doors, doors and... Angles. Everything. 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 Yeah, first, second fix, windows, you know, everything. Um, and it was his dad that actually, my cousin Stephen's dad, my uncle John, he said, go and give it a go. Yeah. You don't want to go and then get into a part of your life where you said, if only. So that's what I did. And, you know, it turned out, like you said, I didn't have a bad career, you know, for a for an average player. Mm. Well, mate, to stay in the game, as long as you have, into the coaching as well, only just to come out recently when Berry went pop, you've done so well. To go from carpenter to ch- to championship winning football, I'll take me out off to you, mate. Well done. Brilliant. Great stuff. Oh, uh, and, you know, the, uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, on my tombstone, the lion. <laughs> it ain't on here, uh, but just... Have that stuck on there because it is like walks. You know, walks said to you, mm. you know, Mills his club, and it's yeah. the same with me. Same with me. Mills my club because that's where, you know, we had the success that I'd love to ha- and hope and pray that it can be replicated. But it's just getting harder and harder now, mate. But the money in the game, so, mate, it's but, not listen, the desire. It's just the money in the game, and it? it's going to make it so difficult. Yeah, yeah. But to be quite honest with you, mate, if they can do it, brilliant. I hope they can, but the club's always, you know, as long as the club remains the way they are, then, you know, I'm happy. Brilliant, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'd love having you on. Ah, uh, it's been a pleasure, mate. Nice to see you. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get face-to-face I'll make a point of coming up and and uh, I'll speak to Jimmy and um, see about coming and doing a Q and A in the in the lounges. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, mate, it's a good day in there. To be fair, in that you way. know. So, but it is, yeah, yeah. I just got to book three days off work and then, uh, you know, because <laughs> I know it won't go home. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. It's been a pleasure, absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market